1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Runners Only with Dom Harvey, brought to you by Radix Nutrition. Coming up, Rich Pharrell.
0: I don't
2: mind going back there, it's it's good to to share it with people. I actually haven't shared this with uh, anyone except for my really close circle, which is maybe five or six people, so um, it's going to come out now.
1: I suspect you haven't heard the name before. Rich Pharrell isn't famous, but he is one of the most physically strong men in New Zealand, officially. Using his stage name, The Madness, he goes to competitions and lifts boulders, logs, he flips big tractor tyres, those sorts of things. He went through a lot of ups and downs before finding himself and then finding this sport that gave him focus and purpose. And he has never told his full story publicly before, so I thank him for the opportunity. He only wants to share his journey in the hope that it can help some other people. This chat does need to come with a trigger warning, it does contain a lot of chat about depression, mental health and suicide. Thank you very much to the legends at Radix Nutrition for sponsoring this episode. They make a whole range of awesome products at their state-of-the-art factory in the Waikato. Personally, I'm obsessed with their protein and I have a shake for breakfast every morning without fail. Please check them out online and if you like what you see, support the legends that support the podcast. Their website, radixnutrition.co.nz. Radix is spelled R-A-D-I-X. Alright, let's get into it. Rich Farrell. On Runners Only with Dom Harvey.
2: Runners only kick, yeah, kill, yeah, let's get it started. Ay, ay, this is runners only with Dime Harley. Uh, fast pace, slow and steady anywhere you coming? Uh, just wanna connect for everyone who loves running. This is runners only, kick, yeah, yeah, let's get it started. Ay, ay, this is runners only with Dime Harley. Uh, fast pace, slow and steady anywhere you coming? up. Uh, just wanna connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, runners only with Dime Harley.
1: Runners only with Dom Harvey and Rich Farrell. The madness.
2: Oh. That's why they call me sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: How did the nickname come about?
2: The nickname, Well that goes way back to when I actually started training for strongman. I had a training partner, and uh, it was just me and him and my garage training. And I don't know if you watched WWF with Macho Man and. Hulk Hogan. And
1: the, oh, back in the glory days. Back of the, in the glory yeah, days. Million Dollar
2: Man. Mega powers came together. Um, Macho Man was the madness. And that's just the way I trained when I was a, a little bit smaller. And so that's how, that's how that name came apart, just because I just keep smashing big weights for a little fella. And kind it's of stuck. <laughs> and now now that's me. Yeah.
1: Were, were you were you a little fella? You're sitting in front. You're the, the biggest dude we've had in that chair.
2: Yeah. No, a little oh, bit cosy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's tight fit. Uh, you're, in your, no, you're like no one would ever refer to you as a little fella now. There's nothing small about you.
2: Nah. I, well, don't, well, I don't know. I
1: haven't seen your genitals, mate?
2: <laughs> uh, lots of people have, but. Uh. <laughs> um, my lifting weights journey has been going for about ten years yeah. now. Um, back in the day, I was a little bit faster and smaller, tender, seventy nine kgs. Uh, so big contrast from now. Um, but now I'm clocking in currently at about one twenty usually about 125 when I'm competing. I'm trying to keep that weight going up a little bit more.
1: You know. where, where are you ranked in terms of New Zealand's strongest uh, people?
2: I'm definitely in the top 10. Uh, last year in this competition here, um, I ended up collapsing at the comp, so right. I didn't really get very far in that one.
1: Oh, you just said this competition here, you pointed well, to your T-shirt. What does 2020? it say? New Zealand's strongest man 2022. 2020. You
2: 2020. collapsed. Yeah. Um, what happened? I went into the comp. i I had the flu for the week before, and uh, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll be right. I'll be right for the day. Uh, and it got to Friday night, and I was just like, oh, shit. Okay, one one last good sleep, and I wake up. I was like, oh, I'm not feeling good. So I grabbed my pillow and my duvet. I just went to the comp and had a sleep in between each event, and we got about halfway through the comp, and I came up to the deadlift. I just went down to pick up the weight and just went good night and just passed out, and then ended up in hospital. Yeah, just everything went sideways there, so I had to pull out of the comp. It was a two-day comp. That was just day one. Uh, so I ended up coming last, which is 10th place in the Opens for that one.
1: So oh. hypothetically speaking, if I was in that competition, I would have beaten you.
2: I think you would have had a good chance.
1: <laughs> all I had to do is lift away and not pass out.
2: You would have had to uh, complete a few other events before that one, right. before I passed out. But, yeah, I mean, you' got a chance. All you got to do is turn up on the day, eh?
1: So w- w- what was it? Did they get to the bottom of it?
2: Uh, it was just an accumulation of uh, things all come together, the flu. I popped all the night and days and the Red Bulls to try to power through and then overexerted myself, dehydration, and just the body gave out. That was October, and then I had the... World Strongest Man, which was another three or four, four weeks later, so I had to do a quick recovery for that one and just basically um, rested up for four weeks before I headed over there and everything seemed to hold up okay then, so it was good.
1: Right, where were they?
2: Daytona Beach right. in Florida.
1: Did you not have a doctor saying, oh, okay, we'd advise you not to go to this?
2: No, obviously I had to go to hospital and I got all hooked up on the heart monitor and they gave me the all clear. All right. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I got I got the official all clear.
1: Yeah. So, what, what do you remember about that New Zealand event where you pass out? Um, yeah, you got any re- recollection, or is it just from what you've seen video recorded?
2: Yeah, I sort of I sort of remember it. Eh? Um, I went to go lift, and it was you could see, it and it just slowly got darker and darker to a, <laughs> to a pinhole, and then everyone was touching me and lifting me up. I was like, oh, what happened here? It was only 300 kgs I was trying to lift. That's not a big lift. Wow. Oh, is it,
1: so it happened sort of slowly. Like it wasn't just like, bang, you blacked out.
2: No. Nah, you felt, slowly sort of faded. I felt it coming. I was like, I better get this lift up real quick. Um, and I thought I got the lift up, but I'd actually just passed out. So, yeah.
1: Oh, my God. How frightening.
2: Yeah. Uh, it was a little bit more frightening for my fiance than for me. It's just part of what happens sometimes when you're lifting weights. You, you do sort of pass out.
1: These strongman games, what do, you, what do you do? What happens there? Is it like just conventional weights or is it like you see on, um, oh, what am I thinking, like CNN or something where you're lifting boulders and yeah. flipping over tractor tyres and things?
2: Yeah, if you think of anything that's not in the gym and probably more into your um, scrapyard sort of stuff, lifting big stones, pulling Big Mac trucks, um, lifting just awkward stuff and running and carrying with, carrying it, pretty much anything that's awkward to lift is what we do in Strongman, yeah, just to make it a little bit harder. White wear? Uh, that has been in the World's Strongest Man. Lifting. Is it actually? They um, chuck it on a frame and they carry some fridges along and stuff like that. That was back in the days. They're a little bit flasher these days. They, right. Back in the 80s when it was first starting, they, they did lift fridges and stuff.
1: So how often do you move house? You'd be a handy guy to have around when you're moving house.
2: Uh, I have one rule. I have one rule. As well. What is that? I don't lift unless it's in the gym. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, everyone wants me to help lift stuff. I have gone around and helped lift a few uh, like pianos and stuff, but that's just a, a one-off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, w- what does an average day look like? You must be you must be just eating non-stop.
2: I do I do put away a bit of food eh? Do you out of necessity? Uh, yeah, just out of habit. Now, like I said, I've I've been trying to get big for about ten years. Yeah. Um, and it, it was hard at the start when you just 10 to seventy nine kgs and you. are trying to get bigger so you just got to push that food in but after after 10 years it's it's a little bit easier um probably put away somewhere between 5,000 calories 6,000 calories a day eating every two hours
1: Um, oh my god
2: yeah but it's a it's a job always got to eat the missus is good at just making sure i get the food in there on the weekend she she's like you haven't eaten for a while get get that in yeah. You gotta get big and strong. Oh, like she's yeah. a feeder,
1: eh? She's yeah. a feeder, one of them.
2: Yeah. yeah, she's like you gotta you gotta be big, strong, daddy. And I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> big, strong, daddy. What is this? Some sort of weird king thing?
1: <laughs> so you've been doing this ten year ten years now? Did you say ten, 10 years, years since How
2: old, you started lifting weights? Yeah. How old are you now? I'm 44.
1: Right. Now, was yeah. it was there a, was there a catalyst for starting? Like I'm thinking, I saw a documentary with um, Mike Tyson, and he, he started boxing because um, you know he was he was a small boy and he had that lisp yeah, and he yeah. was self-conscious and he uh, loved pigeon racing and there was like a, a bully that um, ended up killing one of his pigeons in front of him and he thought he, he didn't want that to happen again so he started training to become um, a boxer so he could stick up for himself. Was there any sort of like psychological reason like that? Do you think that you started this yeah. obsession with being big? I didn't
2: start off with the obsession of being big.
1: Yeah, because you were quite old, quite old when you started, I guess. On the big yeah, scale of things. yeah.
2: Yeah, about that strongman strength That sort of starts at about 30 to 40 So I'm right in the right spot to get big and strong But um, like a lot of people that lift weights or go to the gyms You see them and they're quite dedicated to lifting weights There's usually some sort of story behind that Usually it's a mental health issue that's pushed someone into that And they start lifting weights to have control of something in their life And lifting weights and eating food is quite a good way to gain control of your life So my one started, I back on my early 30s I had a not the best marriage that came to an end and it just destroyed me and I sort of lost myself and I got deeply depressed uh, suffered from anxiety depression went to a deep dark place there and um, that yeah I got to a point where I wanted to take my life um, and I tried to fortunately that didn't work yeah mm. uh, so i had to i basically started from rock bottom
1: before that marriage broke up, had you been um like how'd your mental health been before that mostly okay or
2: I no i had actually been dealing with mental health f- from about the age of 25 right um with depression and anxiety which had obviously been before that but it came right to life mm. at about 25 when i uh, stopped and faced it, and so through the whole marriage, I also had to battle that and battle not the best marriage. Right? Um, yeah. Uh, so once I got a divorce and out the other end, it just it went right to the bottom. Eh? And um, like I said, I I tried to do a drug overdose, um, which didn't work. And when when I did that. Um, I obviously passed out and I I woke up like that and I was just like, shit's got to change. I've got to, I've got to make a change from now. And I, I started right from that moment. Like,
1: Did it feel like you had a second chance?
2: Yeah. Every, every man has two lives and the second life starts when you realise you only have one. And that was that moment for me. <laughs> um, and so I was like, I've been stuffing around With this first one, I was like, I have to make the most of my life. So I put the hammer down and uh, just started lifting weights Mm. and eating right. And I was, like I said, I was only like 79 kgs. Yeah. So it took quite a while.
1: 79, what are you now? uh,
2: I'm clocking at 120 at the moment.
1: So that's like, so 41 kilos heavier now than what you were then. That's a lot of blocks of cheese.
2: Yeah, yeah. I like to measure on sacks of potatoes.
1: Yep, you know? like a, yeah, you like
2: yeah. four
1: sacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So yeah, I, I spent three years in what I would sort of call my recovery mm-hmm. stage from that drug overdose and just building, going to the gym day yeah. in, day out, nothing else mattered.
1: Suppose it gave you something to hyper fixate on.
2: Yeah, because my life had fallen apart. Previously I had a house and a marriage, friends. And over that time of being depressed in the marriage, all that sort of disappeared. I lost everything. I was back to I was back to square one. Mm. So I had to literally build it up. How did you How did you
1: How did you lose everything?
2: Uh, just the messy marriage, and mm. then um, that spiral of depression, drinking, and mm. then the um, drugs for the drug overdose. Yeah, lost my mind, so I lost it all, and couldn't hold on to anything.
1: Oh, did you, like, get, start getting hooked on, um, like, drugs to try and, like, numb the pain or escape escape yeah. the misery that was your life at the time?
2: Yeah, yeah, because I was drinking as well. Yeah. Like, um, at one stage, I was drinking one and a half litres to two litres of spirits a night. At really? My, at my peak. and um,
1: Like, how did that not kill you?
2: I don't know. On my day off, so it would be, like, half a litre of spirits. <laughs> oh, <you know? laughs> my God! Yeah. Sometimes I think I'm just a horse. I can take some punishment. That's why I like training. I, I like just to give it to myself. So. How's your
1: organs now? Have you been blood tested? Are, you,
2: are I, they okay? I get I get the blood tests done um, every few years, and everything seems to be checked out okay.
1: Yeah, right. Must like built up a good resistance.
2: I think so. We might find out when I'm like 70 or 80. It might be a little bit different. <laughs> oh, if you
1: made it to 70 or 80, you'll be doing right.
2: Yeah. Well, life's amazing now, so. I think I will make it to 70 or 80. Yeah. And I just built up for three years of rehab, just starting small, lifting little weights and just slightly getting bigger and bigger. And then I just decided, oh, maybe it'd be cool to be like 90 kg. So I like worked real hard to get up to 90 kg. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Seeing some results and then hung there for a little bit another sort of year. I was like, oh, I'd be pretty cool to be 100. Mm. So built up to that. Obviously getting a little bit bigger and stronger. And that's about where I chimed into Strongman. So that was like three years of training and I've been doing Strongman for about seven years now. So it's been 10 years since I tried to take my life there.
1: What's what's your relationship like with alcohol and drugs now? Is there a new relationship or are they a thing of the past? Uh, I think, You've got um, it under control now. You managed to have a, like a healthy relationship.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I just had a uh, Beer at lunchtime today, yep. like it's it's no problem. It's the it's when that mental health isn't under control that those things become a vice. Right,
1: so you're taking them for the wrong reasons. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, but now, like I said, my life's amazing now, so all those things are under control. I just put those in compartments, and they're dealt with. So um, I spent a lot of effort, a lot of time and effort on my mental health mm. to get that strong. Yeah. Um, and how so, did
1: you how did you do that? What did that journey look like?
2: Um, I was originally I started off with a um, a counsellor. Yeah. Um, moved on to a psychologist, and at my my worst mm. uh, time, I ended up with a psychiatrist uh, for about I was about three years or something like that. So working quite hard on that, mm. which was all self funded, unfortunately. Um,
1: yeah, that's a, how much was each session. 200 300
2: uh, 300 plus.
1: It's the fucked thing, isn't it? Because yeah. it's like there's a lot of people um, that could do really, really well out of therapy but just can't afford it or don't have the means to.
2: Yeah, I was, I was fortunate enough to yeah have a pretty good job that I was just holding on to when I was in a bad time that I could afford to do that. Um, it was a lot of money for me, mm-hmm. but I could afford to go to these sessions and pay for them myself because I tried to go through um some government funding or something like that and it just
1: it oh, wasn't, an uphill battle isn't it
2: wasn't there it was just easier to pay for it myself and yeah. i thought that was the most important thing for myself was to make sure i could sort out that mental health mm. um so thousands of dollars later than years of therapy i did it i came out the other side and every penny was worth it eh?
1: awesome glad you did so I don't know how, in how much detail you want to go back to this because it's the darkest moment of your life, but the um, the suicide attempt, what, what, what was the drug? What, what drugs were you taking?
2: Yeah, so like I just, <clears throat> yeah, I don't mind going back there. Yeah. It's, like, it's good, to, good to share it with people. I actually haven't shared this with uh, anyone mm-hmm. except for my really close circle, which is yeah. maybe five or six people. So um, it's going to come out now. Um, but I was just in a real dark place I was living down at Christchurch by myself And there's a street down there Where you can get anything
1: Oh Manchester No uh,
2: <laughs> Maybe that. I can't quite remember I can't remember it now But yeah. there's one, I lived right next to it you, know, yeah. like, you can get sex workers, drugs So you can get anything And I was just in a real bad space And I just walked down the street one time and I was just like Hey I just want to I just want to get some relief um, What shit have you got? And they and it took me into this dodgy house and ended up being some pretty serious drugs. Um, and just in the state that I was in, I just wanted the pain to end. So uh, it ended up being heroin. And, was uh,
1: that your first time taking that?
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 I I never done that sort of shit before.
1: Yeah. yeah. How do you inject or smoke?
2: Uh, inject. Right. Uh, yeah. Yes. And just the the place I was in, I was just like, oh. let's let's just do it and um, it it was only a short time it was maybe a couple of months but it was deep all the time Um, and then it was just anything that could get hold of any opiates or anything Mm -hmm. that um, came along and um, if you ask the right questions you can pick that stuff up pretty easily off the streets and so it was a pretty hard fast dark couple of months there every time it was just just wanted the pain to end and you hope that this time, when you go to sleep, you you don't wake up, yeah. Um, so we just kept on building, building up and up and up until that last time, which was just a massive dose that sort of n- knocked me. Um, like I, I remember, I remember it like it was like it was yesterday. I I think about it every day for the last ten years. That doesn't go away in a good way. Uh, Mm-hmm. It's positive now but um, I remember it was a sunny a sunny day and I took it and just collapsed and when I woke up it was like the middle of the night so it, it was like six or eight hours had passed and yeah I was, had this massive dream while I was unconscious um, that sort of took me through my whole life journey um, from a young age to a to where I was now, and everything in between.
1: It's like your life flashing past your eyes. It, it
2: was. Um, like, you hear about it, people that nearly die, mm. life flashes in front of their eyes. Um, yeah, I, I was, I had that sort of moment, where I ran through the whole life, and, asking questions myself, of what was happening and stuff, and, what, what was it doing? Like, what are you doing with your life? Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you can't go. You, you, you got shit to do. You got people to. You got people that love you. Mm. Um, there's these little kids that are my friends They just absolutely love me. Mm. And I was going to be selfish and just leave this earth. Mm. And so, with that thought, like this, I don't know how long this dream was, or for a split second, or whatever. Mm. Um, I was just like, I can't. I can't leave these little kids. They look up. They look up to me. Who um,
1: are, the, are the little kids?
2: Um, they just got um, a real good girlfriend and um, a mate, and yeah. it's their kids. Um, I've been friends with them for about well, half my life, tw- mm. twenty-five years or something like that. It's just their kids.
1: Right. So you, um, you, you were loathing yourself at that point.
2: Yeah. What, what, the,
1: what did they seen you that you couldn't see in yourself?
2: They, they always just saw. They just always saw this. Yeah, the they heart. saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even through all my, my shit has been a good person inside, mm. and like when I was down there by myself, like just crying because I was depressed and stuff like that. I would um, I'd ring them up and be like, "I, I need help. I, I need some help." And like these little kids would come on and be like, "I love you. I love you. I love mm. you, Uncle Rich. Mm. I can't wait to see you." Yeah, and that they would. They'll like give you enough energy to to go through another week or something, and you'll be like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, and then that would fade again, mm-hmm. and I so saw that cycle just keep on going. So that's just the short version of um, why those people were like so intr- instrumental in
0: yeah.
2: making that change. And when I was dreaming there, and when I woke up, I was just like, got to do it for my boy. So yeah, like he, he, he I was like his hero, like mm-hmm. big, big, strong. Guy, even though I was not as big as I am now,
1: um, yeah, because this is before your weightlifting <clears throat> journey, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that. That was the drive to get out of the hole. One of them was just to sh- show this little boy that I could, that I could be the man that he wanted me to be.
1: Yeah, yeah. Be, be a person. You know? Be the be the person that he that he that he thought you were. That, that he saw in you that yeah, you just yeah. didn't see in yourself.
2: Yeah, I didn't see myself. Yeah, because there was a lot of times I. I just stand in front of the mirror And I, w- I wouldn't even know I couldn't even recognise this person Like, it literally looked like a Different person that I was talking to in the mirror
1: How do you mean? What do you mean?
2: Like, I just didn't recognise him Like, it was a different person Like, I'd have conversations And I was just like, I don't know who you are Um, so that's that's the sort of Battles that I was having at that time Yeah, it's, it was a strange concept I think about that quite a lot
1: mm. Um yeah, what you, yeah. What do you? Is there any way you can elaborate on that? Like, do you mean you you'd gone so far away from who who you, you knew you were at your core, or who you thought you should be at your core?
2: I think I think that's what it was. Yeah, I was this sad, skinny, drug fucked person, gaunt, and just my life was over. Like, well, not yet, but it was. Um, it was down the toilet and. I was just looking and like, what's happened to you? Well, you used to be all these things. Like, you used to be a sports person doing karate and loving life and lots of friends, and now you're just sitting in this bedroom for months on end, not talking to anyone, locked away from the world. Mm. So, yeah, it was just a different person. Like, uh, it was quite an out of experience. Yeah. It wasn't even, like, there was no drugs. It was, there was just... Depression. Mm. I was just looking. And I just didn't know who I was. I completely lost my way.
1: Yeah, it's funny, eh? Hey? Because yeah. you, you you get depressed and then um, you do things that um, I suppose numb the pain, but they make you more depressed. Take you further away from your potential. Yeah, um, where it's just it's how the like the, the spiral begins.
2: That's a, that's a good word. Um, take you away from your potential because I've always had a lot of potential, but not applied it. So that was.
1: That's
2: a Mm. that's
1: a good um, point there. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices. So you, you shoot up that um, massive load of heroin in, a, in an attempt to take your own life. Uh, when that goes in your arm, are you thinking, thank God, this is going to be it? Or are you like, oh, fuck, what have I done? No. Can you remember? Did you think yeah. anything at the time? Or were you just like...
2: No, it was just like, it's, it works like that. Like okay. It goes straight to the system and just you basically... Oh, okay, collapse. like a split
1: second sort of thing.
2: Yeah, you collapse right. basically straight away. Yeah. I was doing it standing up and... I woke up on the kitchen floor. But yeah, nah, um, at the time, going in, I was just like, yeah, this is, this is going to be a good one. Um, no regrets. And just go for it. Mm. Um, but obviously, after when I got out the other side, I was just like, I'm glad that didn't dodge, work. Yeah, dodged a bullet, as they say. Yeah. It's
1: quite funny, because I suppose you could you could be either either two ways. I suppose if you were... Like truly uh, suicidal, you'd wake up and think, "Oh, still here." Yeah. Um, but for you waking up and going, "Right, I gotta take, I gotta take drastic action. This is no fucking good." I suppose it means that you didn't actually want to no. exit.
2: <clears throat> no. and I think I think about that every day. Like, um, it's been ten years. I got this tattoo just
1: a little on X on your right wrist.
2: Yeah, for ten years, just yeah. after the um, going to the Strongman Games, um, just to mark that anniversary and I think about it every day about how lucky I am that I, I get a second chance mm. and how how good life actually is like when you take time to appreciate every little thing like just walking outside I see the trees I appreciate those every day every day I'm grateful for just being alive for waking up because mm. uh, once upon a time I didn't want to wake up mm. you know and now I'm, I'm grateful every morning to wake up and everything everything is good eh? Yeah, like, everything is good
1: well that's the thing if, if you um, practice gratitude and start to look for those uh, little moments like you mentioned before the trees which yeah. is like a lot of people can get through the day you're looking at your phone or you're walking around and wrapped up in your own shit and you may not even notice things like the the trees but if you start to practice gratitude and then you, you, you find you start to notice even more little things you or do. you'll sip a coffee and you'll be like this is a good coffee
2: ah uh, yes
1: just being present, every, being every a little thing, and being yeah,
2: grateful. Like, don't take anything for granted because, mm. like, every day is not guaranteed. Like, tomorrow could be your last day. Yeah, um, so just make the most of it.
1: So you reach rock bottom in Christchurch with that um, suicide attempt. How, how long after that does the strongman journey begin?
2: So I, yeah, it's I like
1: pretty like, instant, or
2: no, no, it's not not instant at all. I did. So I. I was down there living in an apartment by myself, and I basically just locked myself in an apartment for um, three, four months um, because I couldn't trust myself to go outside. What do you Um, mean? uh, Just temptations, drinking, and drugs, and and that. So I.
1: How are you getting by? Like, what were you doing for money?
2: um, I had a little bit of savings, right? Yeah, yeah, Um, which luckily I didn't squander at that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, so I I managed to bring food in. I, I literally would part of my rehab would be I'd watch an hour of something scientific on YouTube, and then I'd do about an hour of religion, just like all sorts of religions, just to learn the spirituality side of things, and then about an hour of some sort of self help stuff, and then I'd always finish it off with some sort of stand up comedy or. Something like that, about an hour of that I did where, that every day
1: Where did you get that idea from?
2: Just sitting by myself Yeah, right, my just a plan was,
1: you came up with on I was your also, own.
2: I just need to start thinking properly yeah. I like, um, need to get on top of it So the first thing was like I have to do some self-help I was like, and I need to be able to laugh again Because I wasn't laughing, so those are quite important to me And then mm. I was like uh, There's always something that you can find in all the different religions So I just started studying all those as well And
1: yeah. You ended up, you're a Scientologist now, I believe, so you ended uh, up settling on Scientology. Yeah, yeah, I'm
2: number, number two behind Tom, so yeah, yeah, we can sort you out there. No. I'm, I'm uh, definitely a little bit more spiritual now. Yeah, um, are you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: not quite a hippie or anything like that, but um, I'm definitely believing like that, what you put out is what you get back.
1: Yeah, um, oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Um, so I did that, for, did that for quite a few months. And that was down in Christchurch by myself, and then I ran out of money. Um, <laughs> so had uh, to happen sooner or later. Had to happen sooner or later. Uh, so I ended up back at my mum's place up in Hamilton. Um, I moved in there for a couple of weeks. I was like, Mum, I just need to sort myself out. This is—I hadn't told her at the stage. Like until I got back up to Hamilton, I was like, Oh, this—this this is what's happened. Um, I just need a little bit of help. And she's like. What you need? I was like, I just need a couple of weeks to get here. Because so I was in a slightly better place, so I was like, I'll get a job. Um, so I ended up managing to find a job, which I was pretty lucky at quite quickly. And then mum was like, wait, hey, get out. You said you're only going to be here for two weeks, it's like... Three weeks now. I was like, <laughs> Three weeks. Oh, mum! <laughs> I was like, really? I was like, mum, I haven't
1: even got you, paid yet. Are you like, being honest about the timeline? Yeah, wow, yeah. she really wanted you out. Oh, I
2: think she's pretty funny. I think she was pretty really funny. And, um, she wanted to kick me out, but yeah, she gave me she gave me a couple extra weeks. though. she gave me four weeks there, and then um, I managed to get a job and find an apartment. And so um, I literally had nothing. I had a suitcase. And my snowboard, and the car that I drove, um, so that's all I all I had. So I had to build my life up again, one brick at a time. So I started off with the things that were most important for recovery and and your mental health, which was number one was sleep. So my first paycheck, I brought the best bed that I could afford with that one paycheck, and then the next thing was I brought some knife and forks and some pots and pans and like really nice ones and just started cooking all my food instead of eating shit and takeaways and stuff like that. So I I did all that meal prep. And then the third thing was just started to get back in the gym. Yeah. And that's where it started. um, Right from there, just going in, having control of doing each rep, each set day after day after day. And that's all I did for three years when I lived in Hamilton. Um, just gym. Gym was everything. I slowly started to reconnect with a few friends and mm-hmm. starting to get some sort of life back together. Uh, obviously, um, I was a little bit jaded from what I'd been through, so uh, my friendships were a little bit hard to work on there. Uh, but we got there, reconnected with a few old people, yeah. got a few new people in there, so that was real good. And then, like I said, I was back in Hamilton. That's mm-hmm. not where I wanted to be, Um I want to be over the mount, living at the beach, lifting weights, find a hot girlfriend or something.
1: Mm. No, by the way, just um, not that there's anything wrong with Hamilton. Shout out to our Hamilton listeners. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a great place. I, I go visit. I go visit. <laughs> but um, uh, if you want to live anywhere, you want to live at the beach, mate. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. Far. Something good. about it's good for the soul. I'm from I'm from Palmer's North, which is landlocked, like Hamilton. Okay. Um, there there is something about being close to the beach. eh? yeah.
2: I got over to Papamoa. I moved over there, and that's where that's where I had a massive growth. Like I'd done that hard three years in Hamilton, yeah, and then just being at the beach just catapulted me. Like
1: exponential growth. Exponential. What do you think um, that was?
2: Just the ability to reconnect with the ocean and the sand, and slowing down life. Like I, I brought the calm to my life. Uh, being able to sit on the beach, wash away the days in the ocean just really relax Mm -hmm. gave me time to lift weights relax and start to meet some good people
1: yeah a lot of people are going to be um listening to this going okay well that sounds very nice relaxing on the beach lifting weights Mm -hmm. rinse repeat how do you how do you afford that how are you funding that
2: well obviously i'm still i still work um I've got a day job as a project engineer. Okay. Um, so I've got... Okay, got oh,
1: so you're just prioritising these things then? Yeah. You've got the normal day-to-day commitments like everyone else?
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I've got a beautiful work-life balance. Yeah. And our employees, um, I work for TriMakes, they they um, prioritise work-life balance as well. They don't want people burning themselves out, so it's, it's a real good mix. They allow me to take time off and train for Strongman and travel... Um, so I couldn't really ask for anything more there mm. I could always do it for some more money To help uh, chase these strongman genes And stuff like that um, Slowly working on that
1: I feel like it's something we're all working on mate Yeah, yeah.
2: Like every sports person in New Zealand uh, There's not enough money to go around Yeah no oh, absolutely are always trying to find a day.
1: So are you on any sort of meds now Or were you ever um, on meds for the mental health
2: I was I can't remember what they were Yeah um, But yeah I was popping a uh, handful of pills every day Right Yeah um, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I can't remember what yeah. they were, but they were quite, quite strong ones.
1: Yeah, because yeah, I think there's there's, like, there's a lot of people like that have um like a, a true chemical imbalance in their their brain, and they need they need medication to, to balance it out. and They might be on medication for the rest of their life, but then there's a lot of people who uh, actually, actually probably almost everyone I think that at some point in your life something's going to rock you, and you're going to have like circumstantial. Uh, mental health issues. Yes. Like maybe it's a shitty relationship or a job loss or something. Like, no one no one gets out of life scot-free. Um, and for for those people, like you and for me, you don't necessarily need medication. I think you you can um, get your way out of it with a, like a, just a good mental health plan. Like, build that resilience, get some good structure. It's amazing that you had that thing about like an hour of religion a day and an hour of comedy and an hour of self-help. Yeah. That was a good plan.
2: Yeah, it was. I had lots of time, so... Um, it's a little bit harder to get four hours of my day to sit down and watch YouTube now. Yeah, but um, yeah, like I had I had a conversation with my psychiatrist. I was just like, I think I want to stop the pills. I think I think I've got this. And she's like, okay, yeah, okay, we can we can try that. And so we stopped it, and so I told her what I wanted to do, and it seemed to work. And ten years, no medication now, and I'm perfectly happy. Yeah, amazing. Half was good you got to do a lot of work though if you if you're in that sort of state of mind um you can't just be like oh i'm going to be happy you've got to actually practice something and learn how to handle your emotions and yeah yeah
1: yeah i agree and, and it's um i think it's different different for everyone you got to work out what's right for you and yeah you know, what's right for you may not be right for the next person no, yeah no. so the, the so the strongman thing why what like why that out of all the things in the world you could do, maybe you've got an addictive personality, or maybe you're good at like, like, True. setting your mind on something and, and fixating on it and doing it. But out of all the things to do, why the fuck that?
2: Um, I have got a laser focused mind when I pick what I want to do. Um, I've done that all my life. When I decided I want to do something, I got to do it. Um, this one, I I sort of just stumbled across it, actually.
1: What do you mean? On a TV thing or at the gym? Or?
2: Uh, close, close. I was, I was obviously. Lifting weights, I've been lifting weights religiously for three years, so I would built a pretty good foundation. I was just scrolling on Facebook, and I saw this comp up in Otara when I was living in Papua, I was like, oh yeah, go do some deadlifts, I love deadlifts, and there was this log which was in Strongman, I, think. I was like, I don't even know what that is, how high can it be? And I just jumped in my car, show up to Otara. So you to-
1: were reasonably big, big then? You'd been lifting nah, weights for a while no? No,
2: nah, that was maybe 90 kgs. Right. 90 kgs. And um, I just went up there and found this like little gym that was tucked away in this sketchy-ass place with all these mechanics and stuff. And I was driving down the driveway and I was like, what the hell is this place? looks like some kind of a movie or something. And then I found it and I just sort of popped my head in the window and there's an absolute massive... Samoans smashing the biggest weights. I was just like,
1: <laughs> oh, holy shit.
2: And then I saw me. I was like, oh, oh. hey, I just had to lift some weights. And I was like, come on in here, little white boy. <laughs> they were probably like, oh, we
1: thought it was the Uber Eats guy. Yeah,
2: yeah, I probably looked like one back then. <laughs> um, yeah, so they took me in and um, we lifted some weights and did that comp. And I, I did okay in, in my first comp. And um, I was addicted. <laughs> The addictive personality, I was just like, I love this shit. What
1: do you mean you did okay?
2: So, I won some prizes. I, I didn't win in my division, but I won some prizes. Right, right. I did okay on my, my lifts compared to everyone else. I was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've got something here. And um, So then I just started buying all the equipment down in Papamoa, and I kept in touch with the crew at the Otara Strength Pit. And um, it's been seven years of a, a family friendship there and lifting weights, and it just got bigger bigger. And like I said just built, I got addicted from it, I just tried to do every comp I could in that first year, now I love that shit, I've just got this alter ego, the madness, and when it's time to lift them I switch on, I just go out and lift weights, and yeah, it's...
1: So it's like the wrestlers we talked about right at the beginning, like an alter ego.
2: Uh, Definitely, it it helps me immensely, um, because you're sort of going through that mental health stuff, battling with all that... The sad depression and stuff like that and you're trying to lift some weights so you have to try switch that off yeah and concentrate on lifting weights which is a good escape for a little bit as long as you're only escaping to do that and then you're dealing with your shit later on yeah um so that was that was sort of me i was just like escape that stuff become the madness lift some weights i just continued that through the last seven years and it, it works a treat for me
1: what's the goal like how far can you take this thing
2: I would love to win New Zealand's Strongest Man um, in the Opens. Uh, this one, I'm trying to get bigger. Um, hopefully I'm going to get up to 130 kgs this year. That's quite small, by the way. Um, like when I went to Worlds, I was the smallest person over there at 125 kgs, and the next smallest person was like 140, 150 kgs, and then it goes up from there.
1: Is it all muscle, or how much of it's fat?
2: Uh, there's a little bit of fluff. Right. A little bit of fluff.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, because the strongest men competitions, it's like these yeah. l- big dudes, everyone's got an engine, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, you got to have an engine for some events, <laughs> uh, but it just depends on what you're doing. Yeah. You try not to get too too fluffy. Yeah, there's got to be a lot of muscle underneath that fluff. <laughs> yeah, it can't just be fluff. Um, so, yeah, I, the goal is to be the strongest man in New Zealand. Um, like I said, I'm in the top ten at the moment. Um, I'll just keep on pushing that. New Zealand... I passed out at the last comp. I won that this year. Write that down. We'll, we'll get back to that one.
1: Amazing. Is there an age where you sort of reach your peak in the sport?
2: It's uh, so what that 30, 40s is when you're peaking that old man strength. Right.
1: Um, old oh, man, what, what do you mean?
2: Guys are strong when they're old. Right. Yeah. And that, that 40 age bracket is, is right on the money. Right. But there's, some, there's some top guys that are still like 52, still... Still it with the out. yeah, yeah, yeah. So as long as you look after the body, yeah, you can uh, you can keep going. Hmm. And um, my body's holding up pretty well. Yeah, if you keep moving, uh, it'll keep working for you.
1: Like what, for any um, um, you know, gym people that are listening to this, like, like what what do you lift? Get like, can you give us an idea in terms of like a like a squat or a bench or uh, a deadlift?
2: Bench, I don't really do much bench, but last time was uh, hundred and seventy-five kg. Right, squat. 250, deadlift 345, pull 15 tonne trucks, and lift 200kg stones, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, good good for landscaping, lifting those big stones. <laughs>
1: yeah, well I suppose you've got a career after this. Yeah. it could be a furniture remover, a landscape gardener.
2: I do do a bit of landscaping at home, it's <laughs> that's quite good, just like pick up the whole tree instead of cutting it down, just carry the whole tree out of the yard.
1: You get a, get a job for like AA breakdown services where you're just pushing cars or something. I don't yeah.
2: know. Yeah, yes, I got that. Yeah. Shit,
1: it must be a crazy. Ha- How did you and your your fiance Ari meet? So you're you're in this uh, you're in this uh, bizarre yeah. sport, strongman. Um, yeah. She's a boxer, competed yeah. at the Commonwealth Games, almost made it to the Olympics. How did you guys get together?
2: When you're single, you know you got to you got to do a little bit of hunting on the Tinder, oh, right? And, uh, and you you do go through a few uh, a few baddies. And if you're lucky enough, you might just come across a queen, and I I caught a queen, and it was magic. That was three and a half years ago.
1: How does that work? Do you have to match on each other, or did you...? Just got got to match on each other.
2: No, I'd only swiped two times, and then I went on a date with someone else first, and that didn't work out, luckily. And then my second match was...
1: Ari. Oh, I'm calling bullshit on this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? It was sort of true. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, so, you, so you match, you're talking for a while before you meet, um, you send her a, a, a dick pic?
2: Yeah, <laughs> something no, like that. No. I think I sent her a lifting video or something. A like lifting video. You know? yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then we just, uh, we just met down at the Mount Hot Pools, you know, the ones? Yeah, Yeah. right at the foot of the
1: mountain. mountain, of course.
2: Yeah, and um, she wanted to do it because she just wanted to, Check me out, make sure that I was legit, it looked like my photos, so had to get me in my Speedos. So we're down there and we just met down at the pools and had a chat, and the rest is history.
1: Yeah. It must, must help each other, both being uh, competitive people. I, you, if some, so, I guess if someone's having a flat day, the other person lifts them up, vice versa.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's really been magic, yeah. um, both for Ari and myself. Because um, i I'd had previous girlfriends where I was trying to commit to. Strongman And taking a lot of time And then coaching some people during Strongman So a lot of my time Went into that And there was a big strain On the relationship um, But then meeting Ari Who's someone that's Dedicated She trades more than I do She She walks in the door At about eight thirty, nine o'clock every night During the week um, And so it was just Really good to have Someone that's Focused on the same goals And it's just like Whatever it takes you got to go do it You go do it I'll be here, yeah. So it just makes life so much easier.
1: Eh? Actually, Ari, come over here. Come over here for a quick. She's, She's always shy. Shy. She's a bit
3: shy.
1: She's always shy. What's um? Where are things that? Come in here, you, Where are <laughs> things that with your boxing? Uh, um, what's next?
3: So just taking a little break. I come back from Com Games and needed a bit of a rest and recovery. I um, got a back injury, so I've just had cortisone injection about seven days ago. Um, but be back into it soon come back faster and fitter and stronger, hopefully.
1: Nice. How did they, um, how, how'd you go at the Commonwealth Games?
3: Um, it was amazing. Um, I first round was up against the Olympic bronze medalist, so very tough opponent from India. Um, so she ended up coming out better off, but um, yeah, it was incredible. Amazing first experience.
1: Yeah, oh, good stuff. And yeah. you, you, what's your next um, aspiration? Is it uh, Olympics?
3: Um, unfortunately, at this stage, I, I not unfortunately that I turned 40 this year, but um, as an amateur boxer, once you turn 40, you can't box. Right. Um, so I've had four pro fights, so the plan is to turn pro again. Yeah, go from there.
2: Amazing. Oh, good luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Thank
3: you. Thanks
1: very much. And when are you guys getting married? Uh,
2: 2025, March. No. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Nah. Amazing, hey well um, you seem like a great couple, you seem really good for each other
2: I think so yeah. Um,
1: And it's been great to meet you today,
2: the madness Yeah, it's been great to meet you too, um,
1: thanks for it One of New Zealand's strongest men um, physically but I think also emotionally and mentally maybe as well
2: I like to think that's one of my strengths, is my mental strength, and um, I hope to help a lot of other people with that as well Especially lifting and friends and family and stuff like that as well, yeah Rich Farrell
1: on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Thank you very much for making it all the way through. Quick favour to ask, if you don't do so already, it would be awesome if you could hit the follow or subscribe button for this podcast on the app where you listen to your podcasts. Something like um, 20% of listeners subscribe and the other 80% just go and listen. Subscribing helps me immensely and it means you'll never miss an episode or an update of this podcast. Huge thanks to the team at Radix Nutrition for sponsoring this episode. I'm proud to be spreading the message of these guys because Radix Nutrition truly are a Kiwi success story and they're just going from strength to strength. Please check them out online. And if you like what you see, support the legends that support the podcast. Their website, radixnutrition.co.nz. That's radix R-A-D-I-X, nutrition.co.nz. All right. Thanks so much once again. And I hope to see you next week on Runners Only.